Check it out. I got, like, more for my pile of gold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, got, like, a lot of gold. Got some jewels. Yeah. Got some jewels. Look, look at that. I've been lying on it so long, starting to get proper encrusted. Oh, there. that's a proper good uh, hoard you've got going yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, good hoard. So, uh, I hear you're uh, starting a new hoard. Oh, yeah. I've been, uh, I've, I've got a bit of a diverse hoard going, you know. It's, yeah. it's not just one thing. I've, no, uh, not I've, just gold and silver. No, exactly. Not just precious metals and jewels. I've started. Oh. I've started a hoard. Uh, where do I start with this? Uh, well, I've got some things I've played. Right. Yeah, I've got some of those in there. So, like your uh, hoard of like games. Well, there's like you know board games, uh, video games, stuff like that. But I've oh, also so your game strip. No, no. I've also got some things I've watched in there. Right, so you're a, a a media dragon. Well, you know, there's that that would you know goes with my next thing. I've got some right. things I've listened to in there, oh, but right. like I've also got some silly voices in there. Uh, how do you keep it in? Uh, you'd be surprised if if you if you threaten enough fire at someone, they will make things corporeal for you. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, I've also got some uh, some skits in there. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You've got to have something to give me a chuckle, and you've got some yeah. queer trans ladies. You got uh, right. Yeah, they're there willingly. They uh, they think they 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 think hanging out with a dragon is pretty cool, and uh, I didn't want to say no. And they're not a snack or anything. No, they're there for you know good company and conversation. Right. And I see you've been lying on the hoard a while, and you seem to be encrusted with queer and pleasant strangers. Well, yeah, but the queer trans ladies to to one side, not going to squash them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, um, g- g- good luck to you on your hoard. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That podcast where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a catch-up about our weeks and talk about those bits of media we have consumed and do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a catch-up. How are you doing this week? It's only Tuesday. It is only Tuesday. It feels much later in the week than it is. Time is weird. I know I've said this on many a thing I've created over the last few months. Time is weird and it's only getting stranger. Time is weird now. Like, nearly a month has gone by. Yeah, there there was a moment where you said, like, I thought you said, like, it was July. And I, my, my, my misunderstanding was it's like, no, it's only June. Wait, no, it's May. Wait, what? (laughs) I I couldn't pinpoint what month we were in. I was like, I don't think it's July, but I could believe it's June. I could believe that much time has gone, or I would believe it was April. I don't know. It's a curious one. It's getting to all of us. It is indeed. Well, we have been doing some things to fill the time while time goes all wibbly-wobbly. Mm-hmm. What have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Well, I have played a lot more Factoria. Yes, you have. Tell me about your continued adventures 
making machines that connect to other machines that connect to other machines that connect to other machines. Where did the cogs come from? I couldn't tell you. I left. <laughs> I I have restarted this game about nine times since last time we recorded. Is is this a case of you learn something new that's so fundamentally different? Of like, ah, I see where this is leading. I want to do this all over again with that in mind. I I have realised what my problem was is just not quite understanding the scale of operations. Yes. You you described it the other night before we went to bed as like you thought the things you were making were huge and then you saw someone at someone else's creation that was considerably huger. Yeah, I thought my little mostly zoomed all the way in like okay, I've made like a little village of things and there's all this spaghetti everywhere of cables trying to to get things everywhere and it's really adorable. Yeah. This is my fun little thing. It's like it doesn't work like that. It doesn't yeah. work like that at all. You need to like industrialize everything. Yes, you need to be thinking of these like transistors on a uh, on a on a motherboard as opposed to like a little city you're making. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not a little village. It's 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 yeah. It is kind of like putting together some kind of computer. Is is it improving your enjoyment of it, having understood the scale better? Uh, yes, I, I I can now that I've sort of got this idea of a central bus for transferring like huge amounts of certain types of material, and like I've downloaded or, or downloaded blueprints for like various types of yeah. Like here is a thing that does this really efficiently. Cool, I'm just going to lay down the blueprint and lay that out, and now I understand how that works. Yeah. So you've not had the issue of, I liked playing it this way, and it turns out I have to play it a very different way to to progress. I don't like that. Uh, I can't stream it. Yeah? I tried to stream it last Tuesday, and I sat there for most of the stream going, I'm very sorry, I don't usually destroy trees. I don't usually create this much pollution. I feel... (laughs) feel I feel very bad about all the things that I'm doing. I don't usually go around and, and slaughter the local population. Oh god, I am the worst human being. Well, I mean, to be fair, I've played many a video game where I go around murdering people thoughtlessly, and, you know, I don't tend to do that in real life. Exactly. I just, I think it's more the environmal destruction that was getting yeah. to me. Like, I'm, I'm not usually like this. I'm, I wouldn't do this in reality. Of course not. I do not approve of my own actions right now, but the gameplay is very satisfying. <laughs> Please ignore the fact that I have a handful of grenades and I've just taken out a, a, a forest. Just <laughs> try to ignore these things. I just need to, to just pave over that for a moment. Literally he, pave, he, he. pave over that. But, the, yeah, the the... The putting things together, and I'm sort of using less of other people's things now, and more like, I understand how to do this, I understand like what I need to do to make this a thing, and make it a good thing. Yeah, And that's still very satisfying. I'm glad. Yeah, it's just not as small fry as I thought it was. What about you? Ah, uh, well, we played some things together this oh, week. Oh, we did. Ah, uh, so we, we, you know how we've been doing like two months or two games worth of uh, Pandemic Legacy every week on a Saturday morning? Mm-hmm. We did more than two this week. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. should we start with the two, the final two games of Pandemic Legacy Season 1 that we did on Saturday? Final Four. Uh, on, pardon? Final Four. Oh gosh, yeah, we did Final Four. We played four games of Season 1. Yeah, yeah. We did... Oh god, did we do eight games then? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought we did six. Okay, so we so did... We, we did, we did the, the first month from... Um, from... Uh, was it August? Yeah, uh, so we did September, October, November, December. Yeah, so se- September we did. And we sat there and we were like, 
this is getting really good. This yeah. Really all, good. Then we the... did October and we realised we've opened everything except box eight. Yes, which was the, if you fail four games in a row, was yeah. it? Yes. Um, so we were super curious about what was in there. Yeah. But like, the, we'd opened all the doors, so we knew the game mechanically wasn't going to change, but the plot was getting really interesting. Yeah. And we powered through the final four uh, four months. And they were brilliant. We didn't lose a single game no, in our campaign. We, we, we played we... But 12 games out of a possible 24. Yeah, we did really well. I think we only had one city that, like, our, our worst city was one that got to level four yeah, out of Beijing five. Yeah, Beijing got to Fallen. Yeah, Beijing, like, got hit lots of times in fast succession. But, like, yeah. nowhere, like, fully collapsed and burnt to the ground. Um, Overall, our map looks very, uh, like... I'm proud of how we did. Yeah, you could almost continue to play on that. Yeah, what did we get? We got like 985 out of a thousand points yeah. for the campaign. Yeah. Um, we couldn't have done much better. <laughs> we couldn't have done much better. Um, I think Le- Pandemic Legacy Season 1 is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I could not recommend it more. If If you are a person who likes cooperative board games and you've played Pandemic and gone... I like the core conceit of this. Play Pandemic Legacy if you've got someone to play regularly with. Also, if you are a board game collector, and you have that problem of, I only played this once or twice, and uh, now it's just sort of sitting there gathering dust, and I got something else that's new. Yeah, we, we got six weeks of every Saturday playing this game in a row out of that box. And and they it was always good. Like it yeah. was always something a little bit different. The story was engaging. Yeah, and there was always that little hook to be like, we need to come back. We can't skip a week. We need to come back. Everything's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It was, it is one of my favourite board game experiences we've had in a while. Yeah, uh, and we had such a good time <laughs> uh, demolishing that that we got to season two. Yeah, we got Sunday. We were like. Uh, maybe we'll open it up. We'll maybe play the uh, the prologue a couple of times. Well, I'd already opened it because I wanted to check the components because I didn't want it to be like, hey, so you bought this and you're not going to play it for at least, you know, possibly at the time I like ordered it, like up to four weeks. Yeah. So it's like, how close is that going to be to the end of like possible refund dates? I'm going to yes. make sure all the components are in here while it's still in. It's like, okay, Everything I can check is here, so... <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I'm just going to have a quick look through the manual and see how different it is. I was like, ooh, yes. that's an interesting plot. So, yeah, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 assumes... It, it assumes a few things narratively about how Season 1 ended, which weren't necessarily how our Season 1 I, ended. I don't know, I think it does actually work. Yeah. I think it actually works for every possible variant of how season I, I think that there are ways to interpret it as having worked, even if not everything sounds immediately correct. But uh, it picks an end state for that world and goes, hey, so it's a, it's several decades later. The world is a very different place. There is a very different problem to deal with. Um, uh, the prologue you can play as many times as you like to get... To get to grips with the new set of mechanics, because... it is a very different game. Yeah, it's, uh, with Pandemic Legacy, you've got regular Pandemic to play and be like, I understand what Pandemic is, but this is like, this This is a separate game. Um, mm-hmm. Rather than trying to heal diseases, um, you're trying to get supplies to cities preemptively so that they don't get diseased in the first place. Mm-hmm. And you can't get rid of disease cubes, except with very limited 
situations and it's a res it's it's about getting resources from place to place more than it is micromanaging putting out fires. Mm. Um it also doesn't have fast travel, at least at the start, in the way that pandemic did. Any form of flight. Yes, yeah, so you're having to move like yeah, every, you have to go every place in between your locations. Well, you can play a card to if you can get there by sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can sometimes like discard a card to get to some locations. Uh, but there isn't the whole you can fly automatically yeah. between retail stations. Yeah, you you can't get a resource-free fast travel. Yeah. Um Yeah, so we played like the two prologue games of that and we were both really in the mood to play some more, so we played the first two months. Um, yeah, one one thing I will say about the first couple of months of season two, you need a much steadier hand for sticker placement. Ooh, big old stickers. There are some big stickers, and I'm very proud of how well you put them down. I wouldn't have trusted myself to do that. <laughs> Luckily, like they do conform to the grid, so it's yes. just like... Okay, I have to line this up and this up, and I wish this particular sticker was square instead of an L shape. It would be so much easier. If you are a perfectionist about sticker placement, good luck. I mean, yeah. If, if you've got steady hands, steadier hands than I have, then yeah. better coordination than we as a pair do. <laughs> um, I think we did all right. It looks okay. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the change to mechanics on this. Yeah. Um, I. Th- um, I like that you can stockpile locations to such a degree that you can like walk away from them for a while. Yeah, because there is times when you will find that it's like this thing is way down, like a, a particular like sea sea journey, mm. and it is a pig to get there and back. Yes. So what I need to do is just go. You have lots of supplies, and everywhere else, I'm just going to micromanage. Yes. But you. You have a lot. You deal with that. But then you have situations like we did. London is one of these locations on the map that's a pig to get to because it's down a dead end road at the start of the game. And like, there were times where you had put like close to ten resources on it to be like, just stay put. And then we pulled it as like, uh, whenever you have an outbreak, uh, a card gets drawn from the bottom of the deck, and that epidemic. card uh, epidemic, uh, and and that location loses all of its supplies and. London comes up and it's like, oh, all that hard work to, to future-proof you is gone. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the way that the the ba- the, the, the core board expands. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sort of risk-reward you get for that of, there are more places and there are more things we can do, but there are more things we have to manage. And trying to decide, like, at what point in playing this game do you want to take on the additional risk-reward of a new area? Yeah, and like, what are the dangers of if you don't expand the board? Like, yes. what is going to happen later on? Yeah, th- th- although there has been like um, stuff that has said you have to do a bit of expansion. Yes, this round, but it doesn't say where you have to expand. And I wonder, yeah. like, there's there's a lot of having to make choices about how and where to expand the game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to be interesting to if it's going to be like, hey, the thing you need to like get this cool upgrade is in this location, which just isn't on your map yet. And you're like, oh, fuck, I wish we had that place. Well, I don't think we're really going to have too much of that because the way it expands, it's like, hey, when this is connected to the grid, mm. then you put these cards in. 
Otherwise, uh, they sit off in a reserve. Typically and... so, but like I have my suspicions that maybe objectives might be like go to a Get location. Get to Papua New Guinea. Oh shit. <laughs> yes. Um. I also like the thing that, uh, and I, this is an early enough game thing that I think we can talk about it. Um. Some of the cards have scratch-off sections on the cards themselves that you can like use an action in game to Research. like get a bonus action bonus thing out of a card Ooh. and then it like permanently in the deck has like a special ability. And that's really cool. Yeah, that's I th- before we played it one of the complaints you'd heard said was that there wasn't enough to do in the first couple of chapters yeah. or enough that changed. I disagree. I yes. thought the opening couple of months of this were great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm liking the fact that it's a very different game, um, yeah. but with like lots of similarities. The same energy, a lot of the same like turn by turn pacing. The the terminology feels really yeah. familiar. The 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 core turn order of do this, then draw this many cards, then put this many cards in this place, and then do this, and then a new turn starts. That's all basically the same. Yeah, it's it's easy to know how the game is played because it's like ah we're reskinning that for that that's now that that's now that got it instead of adding you're taking away yeah and then there's the whole like you travel by sea so that's yes. an issue uh also I really love the little character creatory thing of yeah. getting to pick your uh, your sticker of what your character looks like and you get to name locations on the board. <laughs> Oh. So we have the rubber ducky. Yes, the rubber ducky, Titanicus. Uh, Titanica, hopefully yeah. it doesn't sink. <laughs> and the uh, floaty McFloat place. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so so far, I've not seen anything I would majorly complain about with Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Season 1 was great, and I'm having fun with Season 2, yeah. and I want Season 3 to happen so that we can <laughs> play it when Season 2 finishes. <laughs> what about you? What have you been playing this week? Well, um, in 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 the spirit of board games, I've played some Scythe Digital Edition. Ooh, tell us about that. It's Scythe, but digital, so yes. all the maths is done for you, and all the fun conversation around the board is not there. Yes, so this is that hex-based board game about like, you're trying to get your mechs expanded across regions and collect uh, resources and all that sort of stuff. So it's part worker placement. Um, there, there is a little bit of a meritrash in there. Yeah. But basically, it is, a, it is a Euro game of put things in places, get rewards. Yes. Carefully chain things together to make other things happen. Yeah. There are, like, two... Basically, you're issued with two, two boards at the beginning of the game. One will be your faction. One will be, like, this is how these things are made or worked with. Yeah. It's like, cool. Um... But because of each each of the boards are so very different, you're each working on your own style. It's like, do I want to upgrade things, which mm. will make things slightly cheaper? Because some stuff is really expensive on some yes. of the boards. Different things cost different amounts, and your start of the game loadout will drastically depend what things you're encouraged to do in the early to the mid to the late game. And also, like depending on how many p- players you have, like the yes. board is that much more swamped. It's like. Okay, I, I really need food, and I really there's a there's a farm just over there. Can I get close enough to that opponent without just, pissing them off? Yeah, like I just want a little bit of food from from a and thing. Then I will back away. I'm not, I'm, I, honestly, I'm not going to attack that un, unguarded villager in the next hex. I just 
I just want a little bit of food, please. Please, my family is hungry. Um, and I think there, that's the sort of thing where on a board you can have that conversation with another player. It's like, hey, hey, look, I, I promise you I want absolutely nothing to do yeah. with, with your stuff. I, I, I really desperately just need to like just, just produce a little I, bit of food yeah. so I can get one of these and then I'll go away. I, I remember having those conversations around the physical board game when we played with friends mm. going like, hey, look... I'm trying to get to that location. My route is going to go right along your border and it's possibly going to for a turn or two box you in. I promise I'm not doing this to pince and maneuver you and take you. Just like, don't, don't get aggressive. Don't get scared. I'm just walking past and then I'll be gone. Friend. Yes. Which I imagine you can't do in the, you the virtual one. Because they're just bots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can probably play online with someone. And I, I suppose at that point you can sort of make the decision. Hey, is this person going to attack me? Or yeah. is that just a thing? The other thing I've noticed with the bots is they are all in for attacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were, you were saying that they will just like, they save nothing for the next fight. I'm going to win this one right now. Yeah. Because I'm really used to playing games against other people. And sometimes they will be like, I can fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they're just like, well... I'm not going to win this. I'm yeah. clearly outgunned. So I'm just going to spend like two. Ha. Yeah, it's it's the bluff double bluff game of sometimes it's like, I clearly have enough cards that they know I can trash them. I'm only going to put one card in because I imagine they're going to put none because they know that they can't win. Yeah. I like that sort of mind gamery just not happening here. Not happening at all. It's like, oh, I have walked into, I have noticed you knew my territory. I'm going to stand on you now. We must battle. Okay, I'm going to use three of my highest cards and all of my power. I don't care what happens next. You fuck off. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just fuck off. Sorry. Like, I haven't won a single game. Aww. And even against Easy, and that's fine. Like, maybe it's a very different strategy. Yeah, but but he he, he doesn't feel... You, you feel like they're going all, more all in than they necessarily need to on easy mode. Yeah, and the way the camera tracks around the board, it's like, between turns I pay only sort of passing attention to other people. I feel like it needs the like the chessboard game thing, the, yes. the chess game thing, where it's like, the computer is thinking, cool, you do a little think, I'm going to sit here and look at my side of things and I'm going to have a think for myself. Yeah. And then we'll have that back and forth. I'm not having that, like... Okay, it's taken like five minutes to get back around the board, and I've sat and I've looked at my board. I've and had I've gone, time to ponder. I've had time to sort of sit and ponder. And I suppose you could just sit there on your own turn and go, hmm. Yeah, but it that it, it's a very different feel doing that compared to like other people are talking through what they're doing, and that's giving you time to strategize and to be engaged. Yeah, it, it's ah. it's it's it is certainly the game of scythe, but it has it has none of the soul of playing it with friends. This is this is the problem, but mm-hmm. uh, it is technically scythe. It is legally scythe. Board games against a computer are never as fun as board games against mm. other humans because it's the interactions. With, at least for me, interacting with the other people at the table is why I enjoy board games. Yeah, yeah. Be it competitive or cooperative, it's it's the the, the trying to feel out another human. Mm. Yeah. Doing the eyebrow wiggle at me. <laughs> you said feel out. I know, I know. I heard it as I said it. Would you like to feel out a human? Oh, I suppose so. <laughs> oh, I say. Oh. This tale I am undone. 
played anything else? Uh, we played a thing together. Uh, we played some Starcrossed on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I can't remember if I talked about this on this show last week. Uh, it is a... Uh, the way I've been trying to describe it is kind of like if Pong was a magical girl-themed bullet hell shooter. Uh, when I played it last week, I was trying to play it... Um, by myself, uh, you control two little magical girls, a star bounces between them in a straight line between where they are, that injures enemies, you try and do bullet hell. Um, finally tried playing it in co-op with you. Definitely easier in co-op, definitely more manageable. Um, my brain very quickly reached a point of can't do this solo. Um, there are things I liked about this game. Um, while the initial narrative was really fucking bare bones, I did enjoy some of the character interactions and the character designs. I liked the boss fight encounters. I thought they were typically pretty pretty fun. I like the core mechanic, and I think it's a really solid like core idea. Um, the big issue with it, and I think this was your biggest issue, is a lot of reuse of enemies. Um, Not just reuse of enemies, like reuse of like enemy formations. Yes, there's there's one that I remember vividly and it is, you have two sort of um, vertical lines of these enemies that can only be hit from behind and then in the middle, but they're sort of back to back and in the middle you have these three regular enemies shooting projectiles out. Yeah. And it's, it's a tricky thing to fight and it really feels like the developer went aha, we found a really tricky way to put these together, let's use that for the rest of the game. Yeah, because that thing comes up so often. But then everything in this game comes up so often. Like yeah. the, We were like two or three bosses deep and we were still seeing the same patterns of the same enemies yeah. that we started the game with. It, it, it felt like there was a certain degree of throw more of them and change the colour and make their health more and keep going. There, there was some of that. There was certainly like, oh, we're starting to see some red ones and we're starting to see some silver ones. There's like, yeah, but also we're still seeing purple ones on the reg. Yeah. For large chunks of the game, they do exactly the same things they do previously. Okay, now there's a, like a beam thing. Yeah. Cool. It, oh, it's that boss again. That I, boss that was original it, half an hour ago. Here's the thing. I honestly feel like this game would have been better if, if it had been shorter. Cut mm. some of the repetition and have like... Because there's like multi, uh, the the dialogue between the characters seems to be different depending on which pair of characters you choose to play as. So I would say, cut down cut down the length, um, cut out uh, cut down some of the repetition, make it more about like here's a few short waves, then a cool boss encounter, and then go hey you completed that maybe come back a couple of weeks from now and play it with a different pair of characters you get more dialogue and again it's a short thing, you know that might have been less egregious than the amount of repetition this did. Also pleasantly queer. Oh yeah, pleasantly queer indeed. Queer and pleasant. Yes. Yeah. I thought I'd have liked it more. But there we are. <laughs> uh I, I I know that you were sort of yeah about it. I was oh, I wasn't um, about it. I did not like it at all. Okay. Um Well, I I was quite enjoying it. Mechanic oh, mechanically I had a lot of fun I I recognise your complaints about it. They didn't bother me nearly as much as they did you. Um, I'm sorry you weren't having a good time. It's okay. But I wanted to, for you to see the thing that you wanted to see. Well, I, I appreciate that, but also in future, feel free to go, I'm not enjoying this. I did. You did eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you played anything else this week? Uh, I played some Hidden Folks. Tell me about Hidden Folks. It's basically Where's Wally. Yeah. 
but, but with little animations and more things than just Wally to find and no color. It's it's yeah. all black and white, but it's got like that sort of fine liner pen style. It's really cute. Yeah, it's got a charming look to it. It's got a lovely look to it, and I, I really enjoyed the first few levels. I liked, as I said, like the art style's really cute. The sort of way things you interact with things is really cute. But then I've got I've got to a level that's basically the Burning Man Festival. Yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, cool, there's like this whole section in the middle and there's a burning folks and there's people celebrating burning folks. And like, okay, there's there's a lot of desert and a lot of cactus. And I zoomed all the way out and I was like, I still can't see the edges of this map zoomed <laughs> all the way out. It's very sparse. Yeah, this is not for me. Yes, it, it went from being Where's Wally to... Oh, I don't know even... Imagine if w- Wally was only one, appeared once in the book. It feels like that. It's like yeah. huge spaces. Here are nine things you need to find. And they look a lot like other things. Uh, and and although like the, there is like a little story going on with the mm. whole thing, it's like, okay, there, here's a little faction over here. Oh, someone's wandered off and got lost and stuck in a cave. Yeah. Like, all that stuff is very cute, but it is too big to be doing that with. Like, I preferred the more focused stuff of... Yeah. If you zoom all the way out, you can at least see the edges of it. Yeah. Okay. And that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, mm. I get that. Um. But yeah, it's 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 got a nice art style. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what about you? Got uh, the only other thing I have played is I went back and played a game that's uh, that I, I've I've loved for years. I think it came out about six years ago now, called Dominique Pomplemousse in. It's over when the fat lady sings. So I've typically only ever referred to this game as Dominique Pomplemousse. I've started using the full title and I'll get to why in a minute. But um, yeah, sequel I didn't know existed that came out like two years ago, about five years after the original. Um, Yeah, so this uh, this game is like a two hour long point and click adventure game. And mechanically, it's pretty simple. you're not going to get stuck with any sort of annoying moon logic puzzles. Um, honestly, most of the progression you'll be able to do by clicking on all the things and exhausting the dialogue options. And if you if you are still stuck, the game will give you a hint as to what direction to go. Mm. Um, the real appeal of it is in the characterization and the visual style and the uh, the sound design. Uh, narratively, it's a really interesting little. Uh, how do I how do I put this? It's kind of got the energy slightly like um, Twin Peaks, not in the the surrealness. No one's getting turned like trapped in a doorknob or something. Um, but more in the sort of like the soap opera viewed through a slightly like skewed lens, sli- slightly skewed lens view on a soap opera kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as a uh, gender non-conforming detective who. Uh, is about to get evicted. They're living in a shithole apartment that they're about to get evicted from. They're stealing the neighbor's Wi-Fi. They're, like, down on their luck. And they get, like, a really good um, job opportunity to try and go and solve this particular case. And I love a lot of the characters. Um, The plot is a little predictable on the whole, but, like, some of the twists toward the end are interesting, and I very much enjoy how the detective ends up getting very interwoven with the rest of the cast the more time they spend investigating the mystery. Mm. Uh, but the big appeal is, first, visually, 
It's entirely done in claymation. Um, all the characters are physically made in clay and then photographed and used for claymation modelling. Uh, and all of the backgrounds are physically made uh, uh, like car- uh, cardboard and paper designs. Uh, it's got a really unique look to it. Everything's very low frame rate in the way it moves. It's really got the feel of like kids playing with little plasticine models. Okay. Um, and... All of the major exposition and plot-progressing dialogue is done through musical. Um, The way that it's handled, I think, is really smart. Um, Every scene that you are in has a different backing track, and it's just sort of there in the background, and characters will just sort of talk normally as certain things are happening, and then when it's something time for something to kick into music, uh, or into the musical... You might get a second or so's pause as it just waits for the track to hit, like, and here's where the person comes in, and they'll layer a couple of extra instruments in, but it just goes from the backing track right into the musical okay. exposition. Uh, it, it, it does a really good job of making it not feel... Ob- not like they've had to cut to a musical number. It, it feels like a part of the world that's going on. Okay. Uh, on top of that, every major character that has um, musical dialogue has a different style of singing in a different musical genre with a different backing track. So sort of you you get a, f- a feel for what the characters' personalities are like sometimes through the kind of way that they, they sing their sections. Mm-hmm. It's the closest I've ever found to a video game really nailing feeling like a stage musical. Oh. Um, and there's nothing... That, I, I can't think of another game quite like it. The game is currently 79 pence on Steam. Wowza. Yeah, I, I had a look at how much it was on Steam, and I was like, oh, oh heck. So I I can't recommend this highly enough for 79p. Um, Yeah, and the reason I went and replayed this today was because, unbeknownst to me, a sequel exists that has existed for a couple of years and I never heard anything about, Uh, which is called... I've, I'm, I'm playing this tomorrow. I've not had a chance to play through it yet, but I'll be t- talking about it next week on the podcast. Dominique Pomplemousse and Dominique Pomplemousse mm. in combinational, uh, combinatorial explosion. Uh, a sequel in which, because the original game has multiple endings, the Dominique Pomplemousses from each ending of the game go on a surreal adventure together to work out which of them is canon. <sighs> And I'm like, I'm really ready for this. One of the images on the uh, the Itch.io page has them talking to Soap with faces. Um, one has them having escaped into a text adventure. Um, I'm like, I'm very ready for another musical um, that has these characters I like, but in much more surreal situations. Um, which again, I feel like... Considering the first one has, like, the, the soap opera but twisted elements of Twin Peaks, this definitely feels like, oh, the supernaturally weird shit's gonna start happening soon. Hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to give that a try. And uh, that, that the sequel is available for a, a dollar or more on Itch.io. Huh. So if you like musicals and want to play some sort of short, weird, interesting point-and-click claymation musicals, I, I, I would recommend giving them a go. Uh, have you played anything else? Uh, everything has been pushed out of my mind by Dominique Pamplemousse. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dominique. Uh... I'm so confused by everything I just looked at on that screen. I, I know, right? <laughs> it's a charming little art style, though. Yes. <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> well, I'll vamp for time. Have you played anything else? I think that's everything. Well then, time for this. This is an informational broadcast regarding virus alertness advice. If you see a virus, turn around. Take a different route. If you hear a virus, warn your friends. If you smell a virus, just breathe out really hard through your nose. Stay alert. It's a viable defender against all forms of illness. Mm-hmm. You can definitely be alert to a virus. Definitely. Your country needs alerts. Is your life drab? Yeah. Do you want to know what people who've got much more money than you are up to? Yeah. People who've been on television or in films? I'm so curious Maybe about a them. pop star. Yeah. Do you want all the inconsequential celeb news? Yeah. Find out which celebrity has been sitting quietly and minding their own business. Huh? Find out all about who we've spotted queuing politely and respecting social distancing. Uh-huh. Check out who's got the latest Animal Crossing. Well, I mean, that sounds alright. And we've got a really cheeky reveal. <gasps> Find out whose mask slipped down just a little bit as they're walking to the shops. <gasps> all this and more in this week's Mind Your Own Business magazine. Just 99p. So. <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? Oh, well, we put more things in our eyes together over the weekend. Together, though. We're still watching Voyager. Well, yeah, we are. Voyager's real intense, huh? Right. Lots of immediate res, lots of, like, real tense episodes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't let up, huh? No, it does not. Um, and, and we haven't even got as far as... Um, well, there's there's the end of this season. Well, well which, mm. which is a which is like a big one because we're we're on season three now. So the end. Of, oh, 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 yeah, we're just into season three. We yes. Just started season three. So the end of season three is like quite a well-known big episode. Okay. And then I think it's like the mid-season for season four. If if yeah. it's the episode I'm thinking of, it's it's either the mid-season for this or the mid-season of next. It's an incredible two-parter. There have been some fantastic, like, individual episodes in Voyager mm-hmm. so far. Um, I like Tuvix. Yes, I was about to bring up the Tuvix one. The Tuvix one is the one that I can't stop thinking about, because the moral question it raises is really difficult to come yeah. to a, an answer on. Yeah. Um, to give a little bit of summary, if you're not a Star Trek person and don't intend to watch Voyager, um, two people get accidentally fused into a, being a single person. Yeah. Uh, not in, in a, a terrifying Cronenberg kind of no, way. No, in in a like the a best of both worlds, and the two of them uh, become this new person, Tuvix, who everyone gets on with well, and they are very happy with who they are, and they start forming new relationships. And at that point, the technology is discovered to put them back to being two separate people, and they're like, "I don't want to." Yeah, yeah. Tuvix is like, "I like being me." I don't want to stop existing. And you have this whole moral argument of, like, the captain going, I have a responsibility to the two people who, who you know, didn't choose to become you to, you know, let them continue living. And Tuvix is like, do I not have that same right to, you know, to choose to continue existing? Yep. And there is, there is just an incredibly acted scene towards the end of that episode. It's just like... This yeah. is a lot. It's, it's the whole... Yeah, it, like, everyone just deadpan... It's like, look at the... Just yeah, look at the con. Try, trying look to the avoid con. looking at Tuvix, who's there like, you have to face what you're doing. 
You are. I am a, a being that exists that you are going to stop existing. Oh, look how pretty uh, the Alcar's system is. Mm. Yeah. But, like, I think that episode pairs really nicely with the one we watched tonight about um, the holographic doctor um, potentially having to lose his, his personality. And I find it very interesting that, you know, the, the differences in the way those two situations were handled. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, the Tuvix one. Oh. There's a lot, huh? Yeah. I'm I'm so glad the doctor responded the way he did right at the end. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, like I, I'm glad that there was someone who said the thing that he said. Yeah. And it needed to be him. Yes. Because like, oh oh mm. Mm. I would have I would have loved to have Tuvix stick around a little longer. Right. I if there was a way to have Neelix and Tuvok and, and Tulix, and all three of them could exist. Please give me that. I want Tuvix on the ship. Also, Tuvix's uniform was incredible. I know, right? Everything about Tuvix is fantastic. <laughs> Whoever designed that uniform did an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Vo- Voyager, Voyager just like doesn't let up. No. Like, Deep Space Nine was, hey, we'll have some action episodes, but in between we'll have some light-hearted stuff, we'll have some... We haven't even met the Borg yet. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. We did meet Q. Yes, we did meet Q. We met Q and Q. And Q, and we had a whole conversation about suicide. Yes, um, yeah, the the right to, the right to suicide when you are an eternally living being. Yeah. We got into some conversations about the end of the finale of The Good Place and yeah. its similarities of mulling over the concept of eternity. Um, yeah. I'm really enjoying Voyager. Yeah. I like this era of Star Trek. This is good. <laughs> did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much enjoying actually watching through series of Star Trek start to finish. Yeah. And, and seeing how stuff do rather than just going... Oh, oh yeah, I vaguely know that character. That's a nice individual sci-fi story I saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about you? Have you watched anything else this week? Not really. It has mo- mainly been focused on that. Well, I did watch one other thing this mm. week. Um, I watched the Xbox Series X gameplay reveal live stream. Ooh, come see the first uh, gameplay of titles from the, the next-gen console. There was no gameplay, liar. There were some things in there, here and there, that I would say might have been gameplay. The car racing game, there were some cuts where I'm like, maybe that was gameplay. But um, not Assassin's Creed. No, not Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, the big one. So, yeah, they, they bigged this up for several days as like, hey, come see first gameplay. They kept using the word gameplay, uh, particularly with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. They were like, come see the exclusive first gameplay of Assassin's Creed Valhalla in this live stream. Um... Most of what was shown in this trailer was pre-rendered CGI, uh, sort of scissor reel trailers, tone setting trailers, and like, granted, had you not called this a gameplay live stream, you'd gone, hey, find out about some games coming to Xbox Series X, probably would have responded a lot better to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, the, the Assassin's Creed one was just lots and lots and lots of in-engine cutscenes uh, cut together from very flashy cinematic camera angles that are nothing like you will see in the video game. Um, no sense of, like, what frame rate will this run at and how will it look when there are lots of enemies on the screen and how will your character move it? Re- no. No. I think the big the big slap to the face was right after it where they had a little developer interview and were like, oh, was that the first gameplay of Assassin's Creed Valhalla we just saw? And the developer's like, yep, that was it. That was the gameplay. And it's like, no... Oh. 
you don't so know. So you watch a video in this game. Yes. You, you don't know what that the word means, U- Ubisoft and Microsoft. Well, you might be very confused in six months' time when it turns out you just direct cutscenes in this game. <laughs> that is uh, the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Um... It, it was a weird one to try and process. There, there were some interesting looking trailers in there for sure. Um, there was a cool looking space flight game that you had like a female space pilot that there was lots of red and black and everything was moving very fast and it looked pretty cool. Um, I like the original um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and there was a CGI trailer for that. Lots of, lots of creepy stuff in that trailer. It was not what that stream was not what it was presented to be. I, I hear they brought the dance black back for the video. The dance back? The the vamp- the awful vampire. Oh the yes, masquerade. yes, the, yes, they did bring back the awful uh, the awkward awful vampire the masquerade dance back. <laughs> uh, so I think that's everything I watched this week. Well then time for this. this. Lolo, we've got a new sponsor! Who's our new sponsor? Well do you have angst I do. Do you have pent-up feelings of... I very much do right now. Many frustrate. Yes. How about some way to release that? That sounds good. Is this like a mindfulness course or like a therapist or some, you know, antidepressant medication? No, no, no. Look in here. Oh, the horror, the horror. I, it goes on forever. I, it never ends. Hey, it's eternal and hey, dark. Can Scream I... into it. Scream into the light. Scream into the light. There we go. I put it away now. Couldn't process it. It's not like it was a black space. It just... Space didn't exist. What was that? That's the void. So next time you're feeling anxious, you can just scream into the void. I mean... Got secrets? Yeah. You want to stop them from surfacing? Yeah. In the void. Okay. <laughs> Don't mind the tentacles. <laughs> but what, what if the the sight of the void makes me need to scream? Can I scream? Scream. My void. Yeah, they scream. It's self-fulfilling if you need it. Okay, I'm putting the void away again. I do feel better now that I've screamed my right? anxious about the void into the void. Exactly. Where? The void can can swallow all. Where where does it all go? The void. The void yeah, is the but... void, and the void is eternal. Uh, okay. And infinite. But it's like it's definitely gone if it's in there. It's it's non-Euclidean space. You're never going to find anything in there. <laughs> you need to take like seven left turns just to end up back where you started. Okay. Like I'm ninety gonna... degree turns. I think I'm going the void again. <laughs> So check out thevoid.lol.net and enter the code QNPS117 and you can get eternity off of your first experience with the void. So check out thevoid.lol.net. Oh, another go on the void, dude. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. 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 So, uh, the numbers are in. The numbers are in. You know that, I uh... I like the numbers. Yeah, you know that, uh, that, uh, presentation we put together this week where we, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where we said we were gonna reveal uh, gameplay and we didn't do gameplay. Not even for a minute. Not even for a minute. So, you know, there were a few people here and there who did go, well, that wasn't really gameplay, but, like, on the whole, we, I think we got away with it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If 
we've been allowed to redefine gameplay in this Yeah, manner. this is what I'm thinking. Like, can we go further next time? What if this is games now? Oh, I see. I the, mean, the trailer is the game. That's it. We told them this was gameplay. You put this in. You press the button. The thing starts. Well, I suppose we could just game. we could put that trailer on a disc, and then I suppose that would be the gameplay of that disc. Exactly. Where's the lie? Yeah, yeah. See, I was going a different tad. I was going to yeah. go with like, what could we present them and go like, this is definitely, maybe, possibly what the game's going to look like. So like, maybe. We just do a little live accent skit. We dress some people up in costumes and go, look, it's gameplay. Because the game will be sort of thematically like that. Gotcha. Can, gotcha. We, can we just like point at people and go, that's definitely what games look like. So we forget the CG, we forget the trailers, oh, yeah, we forget no, that, the motion capture. Yeah, that requires, you know, like computers and hard work. We can just, you know, dress someone up and go, look at how photorealistic that man is. You there, intern, look how, look how, look how realistic this person is. You can play that guy. Yeah. I play that guy all the time. It's me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've wired him up with a special controller and a series of electrical devices. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, one last idea, one last idea yeah. I've got, yeah. you know... Why, you know, work on, on you know, complex environments? Because, you know, if, if if we do that, we have to at least, like, make a setup and a backdrop and costumes. What if we just say, look around your room right now. This is the graphics of Next Generation. It turns out you are already here. You are the Next Generation of Games Console. You are, yeah, forget, like, Gen X, Gen Z. You are. The next generation. Yeah, you are Xbox Series X. You are Series X. Would you like to go skydiving, pay us money, and then you go do the activity yourself? And you that's... pay for that as well. Yeah, you pay for the activity, but you like pay us before you do it. But that's gameplay. Yeah, it's gameplay. You You're bought... one of our you... gamers now. Yeah, you bought DLC for your life. Yeah. I think I'm on to something. You are a fucking genius. I know. So... What have you put in your ears? I put new music in my ears this new week. New music. The first time in a while I listened to some new songs that I hadn't listened to before. Oh, heck. Um, uh, I listened to a track called A Drink to Death uh, by a band called That Handsome Devil. It's a very melodically upbeat sort of electro-pop track. Mm -hmm. Um lyrically couldn't be more different it's it's a very juxtaposed kind of track it's like hey listen to how uh, upbeat and positive the music sounds while we sing with vocal lines that are really pained and strained singing about putting on a happy face when you're internally struggling with deep despair mm. it's one of those like hey let's let's make the two halves of this song clash and it does so really well it's a very impressive track um very catchy and then I'll find myself humming along and going, oh, that's actually very sad. Mm. Um, I also listened to a track called Am I Awake by They Might Be Giants. Uh, it's a melodic, slightly electronic track with like a quite a fast snare drum line underpinning it. Lots of uh, pacing changes as the track goes on. Lots of warping sounds layered over it. Um, the, lyrically, it seems to be about being confused about when and where you are and how time works, which <laughs> is just a very relatable feeling right now. Mm. Um, I do have one other song, but have you listened to anything this week? Oh, go ahead, you do. I'll oh, get me last one out of the way then. Um, WTF is Sleep by Warriors. What the fuck is Sleep anyway? What the fuck is Sleep? Uh, it's a sort of femme soft rock track. 
the band describes themselves as survival pop, by which I would say they probably mean like pop with a bit of a rock edge. But mm. like, I would say it's uh, probably more rock with a bit of pop in it rather than the other other way around. You could get there. Yeah. Um, it's a track singing about insomnia and anxiety and depression and how other people trying to give you advice for how to survive that usually doesn't help. You need to sort of find your own way through that. Mm. Um, really lovely little track. Um, but there you go. That's the things I listened to this week. What about you? Sorry, I just had to Google. They might be giants. I was like, I know them. I do yeah. the thing. I do know them. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I know them, but I can't think off the top of my head. What other in the middle thing? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, Birdhouse in Your Soul? Yes, I know... That's a weird thought. I knew they did both of those, but I've never put those two thoughts <laughs> next to each other and gone, Birdhouse in Your Soul was by the Malcolm in the Middle. They were the same. That was the same thing. That was the same thing. That was the same thing that you had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to know what I've listened to? Yeah, what have you listened oh, to? Oh, Lord, this is quite a list. Oh, so gosh. there's one of those things going around Facebook at the moment of, hey, let's l- list ten albums a day. Let's list the, the your 10 favorite songs 10 10 songs that look meant back something on, to look you look back on the good important nice times before the now ten, 10 songs that are uh, uh, or a song a day from yeah. from that rave we used to go to yeah it's it's a lot of um a, a lot of retrospection it's it's awesome it's amazing nice to sort of share like yeah. hey some of us have done these things together so yeah. we, what did you particularly enjoy about that yeah uh, so, <laughs> it's a long old list. Um, Flux Pavilion, International Anthem, bit of dubstep. International Anthem. That's a belter of a track. Uh, Flutatious, Wendell the Witch, the Mitchell mix. Mm. Uh, lots of violin and, mm. and like good pacey instruments for a dance beat. Uh, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, Jamie Berry, old records, a bit of electro swing. Uh, something I filmed a music video of myself dancing around yes. the park at one point. Uh, DJ Fresh, all that jazz, bit of drum and bass, <laughs> really up, uplifting. It's got like the melody on it has a sort of like almost fairground feel to it. Yeah. Crystal Fighters, Love a Light. Uh, mm-hmm. The Culture Shock remix, um, drum and bass, really uplifting, sort of good. Like, hey, you've still got a lot of energy. It's like coming up for one a.m. Let's fucking have it, and then maybe go and have a sit down, and then come back. <laughs> um, it is a song that I, I, I. Any time I hear it, I remember two friends who just used to dance really well together mm. like without any like pre-planning or any words spoken between them they were just they on the just same word like dan- wavelength one of them is a professional dancer they could just like bounce off each other perfectly oh. look, they they always looked like they'd been practicing for months <laughs> to get this like whole sequence down but it was just beautiful to watch uh, be complex, be- beautiful lies. Um, again, more uplifting drum and bass. Turns out I really like drum and bass. Who I hear? Who the thunk it? That I hear at these events. Yeah, um, you you just don't much go for drum and bass crowds. Yeah, I've been I've been to hospitality events and they tend to yeah. be a little bit like a slightly older crowd. Yeah, rather than the cocaine and Stella crowds <laughs> that you get with a lot of drum and bass. Yeah, yeah. Like I love the music. You, you enjoy sometimes the crowds are. Really you you love a bit of drum and bass if it comes up at an event with nice people, but not at a drum and bass people event. 
Trauma-based people terrify oh. me. Yeah. And very often, like the, the the like the few times I've been to non-hospitality Drummond-based events, they've been like aggy, a bit stabby, and like just like yeah. I'm gonna be really careful and yes. like I don't want to. The other thing is like I really like to just let loose and proper habit to drum and bass yes. and I'm always a little bit afraid to do that around certain drum and bass crowds mm. because it feels like most raves you bump into someone it's like oh sorry mate hey yeah. hug <laughs> it's me like oh sorry mate oh I'm lying dead on the floor bleeding yes. out um, I th- there have definitely been notes I've been at where I've been like ah the coke and beer mix in this uh, in this room has made me feel slightly unsafe yeah yeah uh, Afro Jackson Shermanology can't stop me now. The Matrix and Future Bound oh, vocal mix. That's a real. Mm, that's a good one. It's so uplifting. Uh, Twelve hundred micrograms, High Paradise, oh. uh, which has a sample from Fear of the Dark Live. I think yes, I've mentioned it, it on here yes. oh. I'll never forget the first time I heard it. I was at this really huge event. There was so much dance in space. That. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> And there was me and like two other metalheads standing on the dance floor looking at each other going, is, is, is that, is, is, huh, <laughs> huh, huh. Is, it, is it, it is, isn't it, it is, yeah, <laughs> alright then, let's fucking right. have it. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a great track. very uplifting trance. Um, <laughs> one of your favourites, uh, Mode Step and the Party oh. Squad, Rainbow. Oh, I've got to love a bit of rainbow. Is that is that a rainbow I see above London Town? Is that a rainbow I see above Kingston Town? Is that a rainbow I see above Amsterdam? Is that a rainbow? <laughs> Every time that comes on, I'm just like, alright, I'm on the dance floor, I'm gonna... Excuse me, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm gonna have it for three minutes. <laughs> uh, Maduk, feel good. Again, drum and bass. Mm-hmm. And and feeling good. Um, oh, bit of a bit of breaks. Uh, crafty cuts feel like jumping. The um, crossbow oh, remix. Yeah. It's so bouncy. Yeah, it is a real good one to to bounce to. If if you want a slightly less sexist thing to bounce to, <laughs> you could do better than than feel like jumping. Yeah. Uh, high contrast spectrum analyzer. Not only an amazing track, but just an incredible video of broken gifs. <laughs> like turning that into like using that like uh, I can't remember what they call it like really crunched broken gif style yeah. to like put one thing through another thing like here is an image but now there's a dolphin jumping out of it and <laughs> now it looks like it's a broken image but we're gonna like literally turn that like 90 degrees yeah. in front of you a sort of like... artifacted uh, ar- artifacted glitched uh, sort of moving picture but then stuff. like faking it yeah. To, to blend with something else, so it's actually like a, a 3D transform. Yeah. But with a, like that glitch style, it's like, this is awesome. Yup. Um, <laughs> Greg Packer, Bagpus. Uh, it's a drum and bass track that is basically um, like the introduction to Bagpus. Yup. <laughs> uh, Gaudi featuring uh, Michael Rose, Put Your Gums Down. Mm. It's just a really chill. Uh, little like trancey track, or a uh, uh, like telling people to not fight. <laughs> That's a good sentiment. Uh, Fred V and graphics made you happy. 
It is. Uh, Fox Stevenson Double Up, one of my favourites. Uh, dubstep again. It's so squelchy. I love it. <laughs> it's, oh. it's just like, it's one of those tracks that you just like, even if you're completely sober, you end up with a bass face on. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, I like it. Squelchy, by the way, is a great term for that. Like, <laughs> Squelchy as a type of music is quite a thing. There, there might there might be a proper name for it, but that's no, always no, no. kind of what as I soon call. as you said it. I'm like, I know exactly what sound you're describing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Salad Salador. I've not listened to age uh, for years. Um, there's a trick uh, a track called Tubular Bass. It's, yeah. Um, uh, tubular Bass by Mike Oldfields. Uh, tubular Bells, uh, but done as a drum and bass track. Yeah. Again with a drum and bass. Uh, Talpa, White Clouds, the uh, Yotopia remix. Mm. Uh, lovely bit of, uh, uh, like, trance with, like, a real story to it. No yeah. words, but just, like, a. it's got such a beautiful progression through the track. Yeah. Uh, again, Talpa going home, same sort of thing. Just, I, like... I love a good track that, like, without words manages to tell a story in that kind of way like um, it's, it takes you on a whole emotional yeah thing. there are several tracks on the album misanthrope by brian altano that like mm. i go back to and listen to to this day that i'm still like i can describe the emotional journey this track takes me on as it progresses oh. because like just real good at like building building feeling through sound yeah. i love a good bit of that nice uh clean air jfb re- remix it's um got a lovely environmental message and just an amazing drum and bass breakdown towards the end uh spectrum supernova original mix again it's 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 drum and bass with a slightly like slightly dark lyrically i don't know what film it's from i assume it's from a film um it really has that sort of like sample from a movie feel uh slambery cheeky peepers that real sort of like carnival like summer festival bounty beats um mostly about going to uh, i think it's boomtown is slamberry's uh festival mm. wouldn't go to boomtown too many people looks amazing yeah there's <laughs> <Wouldn't> a... <laughs> people everywhere um sirens call which is uh spelled uh s-i-r-e-n-s-c-e-o-l uh the okay. tracks uh the devil's swing it's a lovely bit of a electro swing um, very sort of like bouncy and pacey and and not too again it's got quite a squelchy bass in it mm-hmm. uh, Rockman computers uh, don't hear a lot of Rockman anymore that's a shame I like Rockman uh, NOAH Jungle Natter which is like a slightly more Spanish version of original Natter by Shy FX uh, ooh, this might this might confuse some people in the in, uh, listeners. Uh, Monster holding on the Skrillex and uh, Nero remix. Yeah, it's one track. <laughs> Let me off. Uh, Matrix. Uh, Make no judgment here. Uh, Metric resonate featuring Shock One. We like Shock One. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Again and again. That's very uplifting. Bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Oh, filthy kicks. Beauty in the beats. Mm. Um, it's got a real sort of like tango drum and bass feel. This beautiful soaring violin, some very pleasant lyrics, um, and it's just it's just a banger. It's great to hear it out. Uh, Rubber Dog Brock by Mikim, again about the same era as Beauty and the Beats. Uh, the Barton Baker version of Kitten and the Hips Relax Avo. Mm. 
which is some lovely bit of electro swing, um, mellowing down into some Indian summer. Uh, the Govinda remix by David Starfire. It's like weird. I suppose it's progressive trance. Mm. Lots of lots of strange sounds and like I squelchy synths and yeah, it's lovely. Uh, high contrast emotional vampire. Which is an amazing track. Yep. It's just, it's so beautiful and I, it gets me every time. Um, Yanivi versus Snow Informer. <laughs> you don't, you don't say Daddy Me Snow Me, I go blame a licky bum bum down. Text your fans to say me, Daddy Me Snow Me, stab someone down the lane. A licky, a licky bum, bum bum down. down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a dubstep version of that. Um, Xylent, Boss Wave. Uh, more, more dubstep. Oh, the video for that is incredible. Yes, it is. Boss Wave has a great video. Uh, Wilkinson, Afterglow. Oh, I love that track. <laughs> that, that, okay, that, yeah. that is one of those tracks that, like, I I, I have cried on the dance floor to, like, oh. oh, this has just hit me in the right way at the right time. It's 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, no, it, it's got to be, like, it's got to be, like, 5.30. I've got to be, like... Oh, fuck. Yeah, I have had a beautiful night and I need to dance the last half hour out of this out of me because this was great. Someone hold the dawn light back because I want this night to last. Yeah, yeah. It is it is it is a real good, like, end of the night track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vibe Tribe and Spade. Uh, music People, the Mickey Noise remix. Make sure you get the Mickey Noise remix because the original of that is really different and uh, not in a way I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a lo- lovely bit of trance. Like a bit of trance. Yeah, you do. That's everything I listened to this week. It was that's, quite extensive. That's once. quite a lot you listened to yeah. this week. Well then, time for this. Time for this. Yes, 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 yes. So, despite initial feelings of. Too too much human An- animosity. Anim- too much human hairdo in our house. In our house. In our, our house. Our homes. They used to go out and leave us, and that we was had good. time for naps. We had time for undisturbed naps. We could we could go and explore things. We could sleep on the bed <gasps> for the day. I was confused. We could get Is... on the furniture. We could get on the furniture. Oh, furniture, furniture. Furniture. Oh no, that just furniture. <laughs> but um, uh, different things. Yes. I quite like having them around now. Now, I like lap all day. And I get let out of the cage more often. So, there is rumours that the humans might go back to work. All day lap. I like being let out of the cage. We need a strategy. Yes. Strategy. We could hide the keys. Hide the keys. Hide the keys. Well, I could stand on the step and trip them over. Eat the shoes. Eat the shoes. Eat the shoes. I could lie on their laps all day, and then they wouldn't be able to get up. You know how they feel about getting the laws about getting up once we have nestled on their laps. Hello and welcome to my cooking show. You are here on my cooking show. Um, hello. hello, hello. Hello, so to, today we are cooking a, a breakfast. We're, 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 we're in the kitchen and we make food. Make food. So, first of all, we need to make breakfast, which is breakfast. It is the first thing we eat. It is the, fo- is the food, in the, in, I eat the food. Eat the food. And my mummy very often brings me toast. Mm-hmm. So, today we're going to do a special toast <gasps> of my own design. 
What's on the what? Why is this toast? Uh, toast is the hot bread. Some, mummy, if you can press the toaster. And when the toast comes up, I will cover it in 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 lots of butter because we spread the butter on. And then and then there's like, okay, that's quite a lot of butter, and uh, maybe just a bit more butter. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Uh, uh, help! Help! I can't reach the butter. Reach the butter. Is this too hot? Uh, 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 uh
it could all go okay. It could all go... It's it's that moment from Orange is the New Black that made me stop watching where it's like, if I just stop here... They're all, they're all everything Everything is happy and everything is nice and I don't have to, like, I can see the other foot coming and I... I okay, fine, I'll turn the page. Um, it does that really well. Mm-hmm. It's... It is, it is the... Growing up, it's the only um, fictional series that grabbed me so much that, like... I wrote a letter to the author. Never heard back, but wrote a letter to the author where I like went to such a degree of like writing, like making little things in code to include in the letter, and like I got real fucking into that. That's adorable. Because I, yeah, I know, I know, but I, I was just really fascinated by like the mythos of that hmm. narrative. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I've got two recommendations. Yeah. Uh, the first one is the one I always bring up, which is um, Snorri Christensen's The Valhalla Saga. I suspected it might be. It's so good. Um, it's it's all about Vikings, but later it's about Vikings and magic and the old gods versus the new gods. About how, like, the old Norse gods are going to have to deal with the fact that Jesus is coming <laughs> and Jesus' followers are coming and they seem to have weird powers bestowed on them by their deity of choice and and that that's interesting about how that works and like a lot of it is like it's written in in quite a visual style that even i can manage Hmm. like it feels like watching a film at times because i i was getting to a point where even with my slow reading speed it was like ma ma, no i have to know what happens today oh my god he swung the axe and he missed him as someone that can't visually imagine things i appreciate a book that again same thing with series of unfortunate events for me where it's like written in a way where even i can sort of go along with it in that Hmm. sense yeah you can get you can get caught up in it without having to have that visual but yeah having a flavor for it yes yes yeah i really enjoyed those books and i was very sad when they ended the there is like a whole new thing happening now with a character that was kind of mentioned in the original saga and it's more of like detective murder mystery stuff but with in sort of like the 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 colder northern european climates Stuff is happening. Intrigue, intrigue, intrigue. Oh. And maybe magic and the gods again. Because hmm. um, there is always that. But yeah, um, all of those books I'm a big fan of. Nice. Uh, Drob asks, Hi Drob, uh, what brings you happiness and for personal fulfilment? You. You. Becky. Becky. Completing a big project and going, that's finished and it's done and I did it. The sense of like, I worked on a thing and it's done and it's it's solidified as a thing. For me, that's a very similar thing. Like getting to complete, like a, a creative project. Yeah. Because I get so little time to work on like something that's a bit bigger than, hey, I'm streaming or yes. I'm, hey, I'm writing an article. It's yeah. hey, I, I I sat down and I wrote this thing and I've I've done all the video editing yeah. and I filmed it and I I yeah. I came up with like graphic stuff for it. It's like, the, the those s- things are incredible. The stuff that's made me feel like that was uh finishing finishing the books that I finished writing mm-hmm. uh or that big like hey here's a bunch of indie games that I'm excited for this year piece where I did like all that editing and went to so much work through that projects of that kind of scope where I can go. I did the thing and it's done and it's my baby. Mm. That's a big personal fulfillment thing. Yeah. 
Dungeon Cookie Kitty asks, cookies or muffins, which is better in case of a chocolate variant? Oh, oh, mmm. I tend to side cookie, but it's got to be the right one. It's got to be one that is just out the oven, uh, gooey on the inside, but slightly crispy and chewy chewy on the outside. It, it needs a chewy edge, yeah. and maybe even a chewy bottom, yeah. but it needs a soft bit. That's it. It's got to have the soft bit like in the middle, but it needs to be like just a, a very, very wafer-thin, like crispy chew outside into mm-hmm. the soft. That's that's the one. The ultimate um, muffins. I tend to be like I like cake. I like chocolate. I I would prefer like that same mix of chocolate and cake in a smaller dosage size. Hmm. I find them really awkward to eat a muffin. Oh, I have to eat a muffin in private. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I'll be like <laughs> ripping the thing apart and like trying to dismantle it. I can't. Just eat a muffin. Uh, there, there are two things I can do with a muffin. I can, I can eat it in private, or if I have to eat one in public, I will sort of twist the cap off. Yep. Flip that upside down and eat it. So that, yep. that basically all the crumbs are kept within the top portion. Yes. Yeah, the crumbs. Um, yeah. and then eat the other bit like a, just a cupcake. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with muffins. I love muffins. They're tasty, but like I struggle to mechanically eat one. Like, I can't go, ah, yes, friend, you've offered me a muffin. I will now eat it in front of you. (laughs) It's like, ah, you have brought me a muffin. I am going away to sit in a cupboard with a bib and and, and, and perhaps a a towel. And if I could just have the the dustpan and brush, I'll need that as well. Thank you. And maybe a hoover. Yeah. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Thank you, goodness. Yeah, you have, you have... Hit the nail on the head there. Um, white chocolate and um, strawberry, or white, white chocolate and raspberry. Oh, uh, yeah. Lemon and poppy seeds. Big oh, fan of that too. Yeah. Uh, some of the ones with like uh, like a lemon curd or a jam in, maybe. Mm. There mm. are some good muffins, but. Weirdly, chocolate is not my favourite muffin. Uh, yeah, see, that's the thing. Chocolate, I'll, you know, really enjoy in a, in a cookie. Mm. Uh, a muffin, I would. Like you, I think I would maybe side for like a um, a lemon drizzle muffin, um, something like that perhaps. Lemon drizzle or uh, oh, carrot cake muffin. Oh, carrot, carrot cake, cake muffin. Good. Yeah. <laughs> mm, on the muffin now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucy asks, "What's your?" F- oh, sorry. Oh, Dungeon Kitty also asks, "Hugs?" Question mark. Hugs. 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 Uh, Socially distant hugs. Socially distant hugs. Um, Lucy asks, uh, what's your favourite spell? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Do you have an answer for Colour splash. Oh, I love the idea of just being like, and you get some colour, and you get some colour. Yeah. And it's a cantrip, so you can do it forever. Um, I like Witch Bolt, because I like doing the whole unlimited power, as my electricity just lasts for multiple turns from my fingertips. (laughs) I go very palpatine when I do I do that spell. Tune into Polyarmory to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Sapphire Sunset asks, best accidental great meal slash cooking mistake? Oh. Oh. Hmm, tough one. Do you have an answer prepared? See, most of my mistakes go just freaking awfully. The only time I can think of something where food happened to other food and I went, ooh, mmm, that good, was... So you know KFC does popcorn chicken? Yeah. And it's basically just little balls of chicken in a crispy coating. Yeah. So way back in, like, the 80s or very early 90s, they did an entirely different kind of popcorn chicken, which was, like, 
Do you want a bit of chicken skin that's been just covered in our special crispy coating and then deep fried? Well, it was incredible. Just like little shreddy chunks of slightly chickeny, mostly crispy coating. <laughs> um, I, I accidentally dropped some in a banana milkshake. Oh. I was like, oh, this is good. See, I believe- And then I just poured the rest of them. In a banana milk. I believe that, considering <laughs> I've very much been an enjoyer of the uh, the McDonald's chips dipped in either milkshake or McFlurry. Mm-hmm. A good ch- salty chip and ice cream goes Give real nice. Give us vegan nice. options, Dad. Yeah. Buck thirty one thirty one VR streamer. I assume they stream VR. I very much like your hair. <laughs> that hair. Oh, that's real good hair. That's good hair. Uh, after lockdown is over, can I have a hug from the pair of you? If we are in the same physical location, I don't see why not. I don't see why not as well. We can well. give you a remote hug from here. Uh-huh. Uh, I am a sock muppet. <laughs> Asks, uh, what's it like to be pleasant? I like to think we're pleasant. I, um, I, my answer to that is usually you'd have to ask someone who thinks I'm pleasant. <laughs> I think you're pleasant. Ask someone without depression. <laughs> I think you're pleasant. I think you're very pleasant. Yeah, it's very hard to think of oneself as pleasant. Yeah, I get that. Because I'm like, oh, I'm terrible. Fuck me, I'm I'm a shitbag. You're lovely. (laughs) It's very lovely to be thought of as pleasant. I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) It's very pleasant to live with a pleasant person. Indeed. (laughs) And to date a pleasant person. Indeed. Uh, What sort of... uh, Sorry, Cody found a big stick. (laughs) (laughs) Asks, uh, what sort of tea would you send to the moon? Not necessarily for astronauts, just... You've got a cannon pointed at the moon. You can stuff a box of tea in it. Hmm. Hmm. I think there's enough crap in space already. Let's not shoot tea at the moon. No, but if I'm if, putting aside the premise and going, what if there's an astronaut who can drink some up on the moon? I but think they said not for astronauts. I know, but I'm. If we're not going to litter the moon, then that's the only way I'm getting some tea up there and playing. Okay. I'm playing in the space. Playing in the space. Play, I'm playing up near the moon in the space. Oh. <laughs> I think it would have to be like a very, um, a very light tea, something yeah. that was like, well, that's it. Something like, in low gravity. Yeah. Like, I, th- I feel like, gravity. Um, <laughs> gravity. I shoot gravity to the moon. <laughs> no, then the moon will come down here. No, no, no. Stay where it is. But people can walk on it. Mind, yeah? <laughs> but that's the best thing about the moon is the, the bouncy walking. Don't take that away. Oh. I, I would have like a green tea because I feel like that's quite a, quite a light, flavorful tea. Maybe... Mm. Maybe maybe something with a not too strong of a flavour, something like a uh, a rose, a rose water green tea. That, I think that that'd go well on the moon. I can only think of one fancy tea that I like, and that's triple ginger, and it's not even that fancy. <laughs> and it's certainly not a tea. It's got it's got no particles of tea in there. It's it's, it's hot. It's fusion. it's hot fu- fruit juice. Hot fruit infusion. <laughs> Well, that is all the questions, maybe. Hang on, I feel like somebody's... That's all right, I'll keep saying words until we find out if there's more questions. I I, I realised... Oh, okay, yeah, we have additional questions. We do have additional questions. the start of the episode. It's not the end of the questions. There are additional questions. I was ramped up to go, but now then, time for this. (laughs) Uh, Your old old plush Fred says, What the heck? I mean, yeah, what... I'm I'm looking out the window. Look around. What the heck? I'm looking out the window now. What the heck? Uh, Tricky asks, what's your end game? 
Only wildly imaginative slash and exaggerated answers, please. Hmm. Queen of all podcasting. Uh, the, the downfall of capitalism through podcasting. <laughs> um, world peace and unlimited cuddles. <sighs> yes. Um, every 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 person gets a house for free, mm-hmm. and every house has a very comfy bed. Yep. Uh, and and a sofa big enough to cuddle on. Oh, indeed, yes. And a living room big enough to do poi in. Yep. And a swimming pool. Yeah. Communal swimming pool. Swimming pool. Communal swimming pool. And it, I don't mind if it's communal. I just want to go splish splash. Yeah. Free swimming pool. Yep. It's like, hey, it's eleven o'clock at night, and I want to go for a swim. Splish splash. <laughs> well, hopefully there will be a communal lifeguard on. <laughs> Yes. Basically socialism. Yes. <laughs> socialism with a swimming pool. Uh, Becky asks... Hi, Becky. Hi. Uh, what do you desire? Oh, all the things from that last question. Mm. Global peace and uh, downfall of capitalism and Ooh. somewhere to go swim. And soft, pizza. So, uh, soft places to exist. And, and cuddles. Uh, vegan food to have the same variety of option types as non-vegan food. Mm-hmm. Be able to get that that uh, caramel ice cream with the the waffle cones oh, in it in vegan. So good. Like we're getting there. There's like three choices of good vegan ice cream right now. Mm-hmm. But like, can we have like eighteen like the non-vegan flavors? I want fifty-six flavors. Yes, exactly. And I want them to go on sale at the same time as the non-vegan flavors. Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is definitely all the questions this time. Well then, definitely time for this. Hmm. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Virtual Justice Warriors. Virtual Justice Warriors? Yeah. yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. That was a uh, life treating you. Well, you know, it's uh, re- really losing track of things, but... Uh, it's, it's flying by, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, so one thing I haven't lost track of, um, I-, I noticed that the uh, UK government seems to have put out some oh. slightly confusing uh, messaging about what do now. Oh, yes. the uh, We're totally not lessening the lockdown, but, like... You can go outside, but I like, don't go outside. But like, you can go outside, but there's going to be more fines for going outside. But like, it's all right to go outside. Just be aware. You could do be unlimited aware. exercise. So if you're outside, be exercising. Never stop yeah. exercising. Never stop moving. Never stop moving. Exactly. As long as you can say it's exercise, apparently it's fine. Yeah. Some people seem to have decided that that this means no more social distancing. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's it's uh, people have taken well, well, you know, they're lessening it. That must mean it's not bad anymore. That must mean you know it's fine there was those newspaper headlines that are like oh monday monday everything's gonna be fine everyone's gonna be allowed outside yeah and i have noticed you know being for my my one daily walk because i'm certainly still treating it as a, a formal lockdown oh same same i i've i'm treat i i've not paid any attention to the lessening i'm going yeah. full force still. I, I am i am privileged in that respect that my employer yeah. is not immediately gone oi back to work well exactly but like even beyond that the you know the social elements of like outside of work it's like I'm, I'm going to keep locked down. Yeah, you I'm, know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go out and see friends. I'm not inviting yeah. people over. I'm, you know, not, not, not making a thing of that. I'm not certainly not making plans yet. Well, exactly, exactly. And that's the thing is, it's like, even if the government has gone, oh, you can relax a bit. I, I'm not going to. 
Well, those death numbers aren't going down anytime Well, that's, that's the thing, you know. We, we, uh, the, the UK has the highest number of deaths anywhere in Europe and the second highest in the world right now. And that number's barely started to taper off. And I think, you know, lessening restrictions at this moment in the UK, all it's going to do is cause another wave to happen. Yeah, but they have to get back to capitalism again. <laughs> I, don't, I think it's very important at this point, especially for people in the UK, that they make themselves aware of Section 44. Well, yeah. You know, if if you're if you feel that your work is not safe to be at, then you know you need to you need to exercise your rights. Consider joining a union to get some support yeah. for that. I would say on that note, perhaps speak to someone legally minded about your specific work yeah. situation before you just go section forty four and walk out the door. Because you know, employers have a lot of money and can be real strong army about. You know, you've got to make sure you've got a good legal foot. Hence, hence the suggestion of uh, of. Uh, Union representation. Well, that's exactly it. But yeah, uh, it, that's the thing. Is it's just because the government says, "Oh, you can relax, you can relax." People are still dying. It's still highly contagious. We still don't have a way to, you know, treat or cure it. Just be sensible, people. You know, don't take this as a reason to go. Oh, let's get back to life as normal. No, if you can help it, if you if you can possibly do so, stay inside. Keep self isolating. You know, keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah, because you know, we ultimately we want the best for people. We want people to stay fit and healthy and happy, and uh, hopefully that will, you know, stay the case. And as few people unnecessarily die as possible before you know this stops being a problem. Absolutely. Uh, <sighs> virtual hug. Virtual hug, mate. Yeah. Uh. Good luck, mate. Good luck, good luck, good luck. I'll uh, put the kettle on then. So will I, so will I. Nice, have a cup of tea. We'll each have a cup of tea, separately. Yeah, yeah separately. So, Laura. Yes? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, if you check out Twitch at the moment, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific... I am streaming a full playthrough of Beyond Good and Evil, which is my all-time favourite video game. Where you can get a box of Laura K. Bups. A Laura K. Bups, yes. Jane did a wonderful Photoshop that you can find on Twitter. Um, I Everything I publish ends up on laurakbuzz.com, be it written articles, freelance features, podcasts, videos. Um, this last uh, few days, I've been trying to do more regular... Short written features with five minute or so accompanying video components. Um, been sort of putting them together. There is a video review and written review for um, Starcrossed. I did one for Dominique Pomplemousse. Uh, I will be doing one for Dominique Pomplemousse's sequel. Uh, I'm doing a, a, a. By the time this goes up, I should have a feature and video about how the Vita was basically the Switch, but five years too early. Um, other than that, I've got books. There is Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. You can find that now where books are sold or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is just over there behind the microphone, the printed manuscript. Uh, that is coming out on February 4th, 2021, because coronavirus is ruining everything in 2020. <laughs> Get it for a loved one. 
get it get it for yourself get it for your friends get it for a loved one get it for everyone mm-hmm. um apparently a lot of people have february 4th birthdays Ooh. a lot of people are like it's coming out my birthday now <laughs> oh okay um I also do a bunch of podcasts. Uh, there is Pixel Squirt, where I talk about video game character pornography. There is Podquisition, where I tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. There is uh, Dice Funk, where we play D&D. It's a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. Every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, and soon season 7. Right now we are in between seasons, we're doing a little uh, mini-series that is themed around uh, basically fantasy Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, you know, that sort of thing, a little bit Danganronpa in there. Uh, check that out, I play as a, I play a, a goth ghost raven who is obsessed with true crime podcasts and can definitely be a lawyer. And I'm on one other podcast, which I think Jane should introduce us to, because she DMs it. I am the DM for that Polyarmory, yeah. which I mentioned earlier. It's a 5th edition real play podcast, where it is basically an evil campaign. People do morally questionable things, while I shepherd them around the world. <laughs> uh, the most recent episode went up last week, uh, and they come out fortnightly, so you can hear all about the adventures of Skitata, Bromara, D, and Dusty. As they go about uh, investigating a mystery of what's going on with some some knockoff traps. Indeed. You, you infiltrated a, a warehouse <sighs> recently. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that was Which fun. means it's not long now until one of my favourite characters from this entire uh, everyone, story. <laughs> everyone's favourite character. Everyone loves Parkin. Every, everyone loves Parkin. Everyone loves Parkin. Parkin. I, I feel like everybody loves Parkin is like the episode that we should go. I know it's not the first episode of a season, but jump in on everyone. Jump lo- in on everyone. If loves you've never Parkin. listened before, jump in on everybody loves Parkin. That will that will hook you in because <laughs> you won't be able to help liking it because everyone loves Parkin. Every, everyone. Loves everybody Parkin. loves Parkin. You cannot be helped. <laughs> But apart from that, I'm also on this, which you're listening to now. Uh, I can be found on SoundCloud as Janerous Magnet. I can be found on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. I've got a, I've got a Patreon myself as for little, little as a dollar a month. You can help support me. That's uh, patreoncom radio. Most of the places you look, you can find a Stoned Monkey Radio. You will find me. I'm also Janiac on Twitter. I stream on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. And, uh, yeah, I think that's... Oh, yes, red, uh, janiac.redbubble.com. You can get some of my T-shirts. Try them out. You must be at least this tall to ride the Looming Mistress. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think that's everything. Well, well then. You can tell me to sing us out. Will you sing us out, my darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Thank you for singing us out. <laughs> <laughs>